The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. With apps out there that help you hack your metabolism, claim to help you watch your weight come off. Is there actually anyone that believes that there's such a thing possible? Like, it just really, ugh. Getting ripped, speech bod and bikini ready. Oh God, it all makes me cringe. Not only is there such potential for body dysmorphia and no one ever being happy with their size and shape. Ugh, these headlines, they just don't help anything. There are commercial diet plans for weight loss that I've seen people focusing on points, the value as the value of food for the rest of their life. Well, that's just typical with the calories in and the calories out mentality. How many shapes and sizes of people are out there? Do you see them at work or maybe when you're out for a walk? There's not one person that is just like everyone being long and lean or maybe short and round. Like it just doesn't happen. Everybody comes in different shapes and sizes. Now, what if there was a way to not only be more self-accepting of where you're at, but also an acceptance of your body type? Now, we've talked about genetics in episode 101 and 111 as your rule book to your body. Now, your genetics, they play a big part in how you carry your weight, your excess weight, and then also how you lose weight and how your body deals with proteins, fats, and carbs. That's why there's no one diet that works for everyone. You don't see everyone on keto looking the way the magazines highlight how a small percentage of the population looks because everyone you see in a magazine who's a model on a runway, well, they're in the small minority of people. Nor is there people are there people following the Whole30 diet living their best life necessarily either. Now, I'm not saying that the sugary treat like the donut or the ice cream that I know you love or that second serving of dinner that you had isn't adding to the extra weight that you're carrying, leading to you just not feeling good within yourself or about yourself isn't something to look at. But we know that this is a multi-layered topic. Of late, I've had so many clients who booked an intro call with me over on leannephillipson.com say that, you know, they did pretty good at maintaining their weight at the start of COVID. Of course, it was the snacking and the, and the bread making and all of those kind of things. But they kept up with their exercise to a certain extent. But recently, that's just dropped off or they don't really know what they're doing, but their clothes are now feeling uncomfortably tight. And no matter what they try, it's not helping. Why is this going on? Why am I hearing about this so often? And what's going on right now? Is this some sort of post-pandemic trend that we didn't know was coming down the pipeline? Well, whether it is or not, what about what got you here? It's a, not an easy thing to look at. 
And I'll put myself into that category. I'm saying, how did you get there? But also, how did I get here? Because some of my clothes, now that I've pulled out my spring stuff and, you know, I record from my closet, so I'm surrounded by them, <laughs> by them now, they're a bit on the tighter side too. So really, what is it that got us here and why? And then how are we going to gently, lovingly, with some know-how, start to shed some of what doesn't feel so healthy and get us to a better place and really have you feeling like you got this? Now, I can't think of anybody better to help us with these questions and guide us along than Dr. Davis Brockenshire. Now, he's back on Eat This with Leanne. And as he told me also that he's seeing a lot of this in this practice, along with a few symptoms like the belly bloat and brain fog, Chris, we're going to find out a lot more about this. I thought this was a really important topic to discuss. So today on Eat This with Leanne, why you or I or anyone else out there can't lose weight at the moment. And Dr. B is going to break down the brilliant way that he does and just tell us a lot more about what's going on. Hold on to your hats, get your notebook, get your rewind finger ready. This is going to be a, a really enlightening discussion because it always is. If you haven't heard him on the previous 12 episodes that he's been on, you've missed out. I got to say that. Now, we've had him on since the start of Eat This with Leanne over two years ago. He's talked about the good, the bad and the best of coffee. Well, that was in episode 53. What does booze do to your body? Not to shame you, just so that you understand. That was in episode 30. That was huge. Do you remember that one, Chris? That blew my mind. Then he also did a deep dive into men's health in episode 79 and his hugely popular vagus nerve, part one and two in episodes 86. And then he had to come back again just to tell us what to do with our vagus nerve. So that's episode 88. So he's no stranger to your ears if you subscribe to this podcast. But if you don't yet know Dr. Brockenshire, he's a functional medicine expert, a super engaging educator and speaker treating patients all over the world virtually and also from his clinic called Innovative Health Solutions in Michigan. He's also who I go to for my health and my kids' health concerns, and he's a great friend. So welcome back, Dr. B. I've heard that many people have put on weight over the past couple of years. All of a sudden, maybe it's because we're up and we're getting out, but people are talking about it. If from what you're seeing, from your opinion, what's going on other than the past two years of fear and stress that have changed for people? What are you seeing? Well, first of all, thanks for having me back again. I know, uh, right? Again. Nobody's, yeah, nobody's banned me. I'm not getting hate mail. We're <laughs> doing something right. You are. This, uh, when you and I are talking about this topic, you know, we're, we're trying to think, we have a lot of demands for content. You know, every week it's it's published for parish. It's come up with a new idea. And I, I immediately thought of the one thing I just can't stand it when people ask me, hey, doc, I got to lose some weight. And I'm like, oh, I hate that question. Right. But that's been the number one question for the last few months. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it invariably winter did end, sort of. And uh, people put some clothes on that don't fit. Yeah. Or they got on the scale and went, holy bleep. Yeah. I've also actually seen people who are now getting back into the queue for surgery and they need to be, they need to shed some pounds because going into surgery at the weight that they're at is not optimal. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of surgeons won't perform surgery on people who are morbidly obese because it's just going to backfire. 
But before we go down the, the rabbit holes of doom and gloom and what we can't do, the concept or question was, what the heck happened to the mammals in the last two years? Like, right. why all of a sudden that most of us who maintain a pretty stable weight all of a sudden jumped? Mm. You know, um, Leanne, you and I, cried what, four years ago now? We were sitting on a patio in Tucson looking at the mountains. And yep. you, you said, I don't know what's wrong with me. Look at me. I'm like, what about it? And you're like, I just, I, I'm not going to wear this dress on stage. And I said, well, why do you think my shirt's not tucked in? I mean, right. come on. <laughs> I, rem- I remember that because, remember? oh, I, I pulled out that dress and I was speaking on stage and, and I thought, how on earth did this? Actually, I know how that happened. I just didn't realize that it had, it had happened because that dress was baggy on me before. And I, and I went through some, some training and I had a trainer that said, go and eat your weight in protein. And then I started eating a whole bunch of dairy in order to do that. And my body blew up. Right. I heard a really good line yesterday that you can't train your way out of a bad diet. While a lot of people are working out better, they're more consistent with exercise and training. The Cheetos fairy that delivers your box of Cheetos every week, it just miraculously shows up in your closet. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work for uh, any mammal. Right. So the question that keeps coming back is why? What happened? Well, most of us know that stress does cause inflammation, and the inflammation then leads to poor metabolism, which leads to putting fat on around the middle. Right. You know, it's it's a classic body shape. Uh, we know that stress does throw hormones out of whack. So if you're a reproductive female. Chances are your shoulders are going to get bigger, your hips are going to get bigger, your thyroid's going to slow down. Guys, you're going to move that weight from your rear end to the front end, mm. and uh, the chest is going to start to sag. So that's the classic you know, body shape thing that's happening with stress. We don't want to minimize stress because it has been, you know, quote, unprecedented. Yes. That word's overused. Yeah. <laughs> and yet here we are. So. Every morning we get up and we don't know if we're going to get nuked or whether or not, you know, we're going to work. Do we need a mask? Don't we need a mask? Can we go to the airport? Can we not go to the airport? Uh, Like every aspect of reliable daily life is now upside down. Mm -hmm. And what that does to our brains is it puts us into a trauma state. So my working theory is that the majority of the weight gain in people in North America is trauma induced. And let me defend my argument, Your Honor. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so trauma. We've all had trauma. Every time you see a headline come across or you pick up the Globe and Mail or you get an email from the CBC that says, did you know? Yes. Like, ah, what don't I know? That's traumatic. And that, that stimulates traumas from your past. Now, as, you know, good human beings, we're attracted to trauma. We seek it out because it's stimulating. Mm. triggers dopamine right and if you remember the vegas podcasts you know you can become a dopamine junkie and so if you don't come out of that dopamine state you just want more 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 and that's why you're on your phone all day and you're binge watching streaming shows and everything else but that's just an attraction what happens when you don't get out of the trauma state is you become addicted to the triggers of the trauma so you've developed an addiction neurologically. And every time you see the words, did you know, 
or election results in right or new regulations anytime you see trigger words you're addicted to that but that then triggers trauma memory which triggers more cortisol more inflammation and a really bad case of the munchies because the only way to buffer the dopamine is seek out the carbs caffeine sugar dairy really yeah so that's that's the loop that we can't get out of and we're also not as active as we used to be overall, although, you know, if fuel prices keep going the way they were, we're going to be walking everywhere. Exactly. Or get out your bike, no matter how far away it is. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I hope it doesn't rain. Um, and so while all of that's happening, and I think everybody can identify with that, yeah. and I don't want to hammer trauma and triggers too hard because it is traumatizing for crying out loud. Your microbiome, after three or four weeks of that, will permanently change to a trauma state. Three or four weeks after after, after this tra- after the trauma, chronic trauma. If you're under trauma every single day, right? Which we've been. Yeah. Yeah. Your microbiome will make this permanent adaptation to it to help us get used to it, to help our immune system respond to stress and mm. keep us going. And as mammals, what we do in that state is shut down our metabolism right so our our hypothalamus says yo yo uh back it down just a notch let's let's start saving 30 to 40 percent of our energy just in case just in case what Mm -hmm. oh i don't know somebody said there might be a food shortage but what and in the u.s we have a baby formula shortage how where Yeah. And now everybody's monitoring the wheat crops and the prairies and the tragically hip are back. And it's just like, what is going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> when your microbiome does that, no matter what kind of diet you do, no matter what kind of exercise you do, your microbiome, which is your first brain, says, yeah, you can do all that, but we're still going to keep you at 190 pounds because that's your new set rate. Really? Yeah, which is really frustrating. So in a nutshell, and nuts are still good. Okay. The only way to get out of this is to detox the trauma. Oh, so now gosh. we have the psychological work. Perfect for a holiday weekend, right? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So when, as soon as you say that, I think turn off the news. Yes. Get outside, go in nature. Bingo. Choose the people that you speak to who are not on that merry-go-round of conspiracy theories to rehashing everything to you know somebody's got a slightly more open and and more positive mindset oh they're tough to find it is isn't it yeah most i find it is a lot of people i know now have become a little oversensitive so that's that's tough to find so if you if you find those people clone them i mean forget sheep stick with them yeah forget food let's start cloning positive people Please. But I also, I also think that it starts, it starts from yourself. Mm. So if you, a couple of weeks ago, I realized um, there's a friend that I speak to when I'm driving home from work most days. And I realized that I was kind of just dumping my bad day on her every, you know, whatever, what kind of went on, we were just talking about the crappy stuff. And I realized that and I thought this is really no fun. So I stopped. Isn't that part of the therapy though? Is getting it off your chest or no? I've always thought that. Well, there's something that um, that Carolyn London once told me, and she she came on in episode 103 or 104, I think, to talk about your mindset. Yeah. And she and she said, 
don't give it legs. So whatever blob of, I mean, not necessarily trauma, but whatever thought you've got, if you speak it and you give energy to it, you give it legs. Don't put your attention to it. There's a, there's a time and a place to, yes, sort of do that download, that decompression, get it off your chest. Maybe it's in a journal if you don't want to dump it on a person or it's, it's good, better out than in. I always say that. However, there's also, there's also a way of being the person that you want to attract as well, where you are speaking mm-hmm. more positive or filling out that gratitude diary or focusing on the good stuff as much as you can. It doesn't mean that there's a whole bunch of crap that's happening that really is not fun at all and super stressful, but it's where you're putting your attention. That's awesome. And the the idea of body shaming fits into that because sure. as a clinician and practitioners, you know, we work on others all day. Yeah. But I think one of the things that makes you and I unique is we're always working on ourselves as well. Always. And that makes for a good practitioner. But the level of body shaming today is epidemic, so much so that it's now flipped that the anti-body shaming, the inversion of body shaming, where everybody wants to celebrate every kind of body shape there is. Right. But at the same time, you know, there are limits. So the human body is designed to be a certain way for a certain amount of time till it doesn't need to be that way anymore. Right. And if we look at celebrities over the last couple of years, um, I'll use Adele as an example, you know, radical body change, mm-hmm. but but more of a radical mindset change. If people follow celebrities online and they really get motivated by what they're doing, Elizabeth Hurley, for example, you know, hundreds of millions of followers on Instagram, she's what, 54, mm-hmm. but every single photo is, you know, her in a very specific pose because as she says, don't you dare get me from my bad side. Right. And all we get to see as consumers of media is the good side. Mm. And that's not fair. In an interview with Miley Cyrus recently, all they kept talking about were her shoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, these shoes are amazing. And she said, bro, nobody's looking at my shoes because she was in this red dress. So as again, as mammals, we're attracted to different things. But, but let me bake your noodle on something here. What? Right now? Fresh out of Australia. They did a study on Australians who were infected with the parasite toxoplasmosis. That's parasite comes from cats. What they found is if somebody was infected with toxoplasmosis, and about half the population is, they will look more attractive than somebody who's not infected with toxoplasmosis. What? Yeah, I know. It's crazy but only attractive to those that don't have toxoplasmosis. So what they concluded is that these parasites can alter the way your facial expression looks to draw other people close to you so that parasite can jump hosts and continue its story. Wow. That's crazy. So the infected one is more attractive to the non-effective person. Bingo. Huh. Yeah. And that's smart living if you're a Survival of the fittest. Uh, Yeah, if you're a a virus, sure, I get it, but... (laughs) And the the classic toxoplasmosis situation is it makes the host more risk-taking. So now you've got a really really attractive risk-taking host out for a night. You've never met this person. And you're like, whoa, yeah, they're hot. And that other person's like, yeah, let's do something because I feel like taking a risk. And that promotes, you know, the evolution of the parasite. And uh, I bring that up because... 
in a way, stress is a parasite. You know, we're its host and it's constantly eating on us. But instead of it making us lose weight like a tapeworm, it actually causes the dreaded goat bloat, you know, the belly bloat. <laughs> right. So you, you wake up in the morning and you're like, yeah, I got a, I got a four and a half pack again. And then by three o'clock in the afternoon, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I found my new ringtone. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Dr. B. <laughs> Coat bloke. <laughs> Coat bloke. You're going to sample that and make that your ringtone. Darn for right That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. Okay, so with all of this that we've got, you know, kind of the why have we got here and stress being, you know, a lot like a parasite, like how how are we going to start to unpack this? Mm. You know, change, as you said, the, or adapt the microbiome back to a, a healthier non traumatized state. I'm glad you asked. So one of the greatest breakthroughs in nutritional science over the last couple of months has been finally understanding how nutritional mushrooms actually work. So we've always had things like the reishi mushroom, which is Ganoderma. Yeah. Everybody knows about shiitake, yeah. maitake, there's cordyceps, there's lion's mane, there's turkey tail, there's trimella, you know, all, all these fancy cool mushrooms. Yep, but yep. In, in medicine, we didn't really actually know how they work. We just knew that the chemical beta-glucans, which is a polysaccharide, oh no, that's a sugar, um, that's what got into the body, but we didn't know where it went or how it worked. Mm. So it turns out that nutritional mushrooms like this will bind and activate to what are called dendritic receptors in your small intestine. So if the word dendritic sounds familiar, that's a dendrite. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nerd, wait, nerd how, is, how is that going to sound? Who thinks that that sounds familiar? <laughs> dendrite. You don't well, remember that's... that from like biology? Yeah. Remember who it's... you're hanging with, okay? <laughs> like, I get Leanne's probably going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Me, I'm over here going, what in the world? <laughs> well, let me say it in French for you then, le dendrite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dendritic. I'm sorry. Receptors in the gut. Right, yeah. right. Well, the reason that's a big deal is the Israelis learned recently that the way we make memories has nothing to do with synapses, but it has everything to do with dendrites. Okay, so, so, our, so back, back up for Chris and everybody else that got yeah. stuck, uh, stuck on dendrite and just do a quick, All right, so a, pick, a quick, 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 I've got to sit down for this. All right, I'm ready. All right, grab a good book. Everybody's had a gut feeling before. Right, yes. That's what a dendritic receptor is. Oh, okay. You can stand up again, Chris. Okay, I'm with you. He's back. (laughs) Your memories, which are now dendritic based, can change your gut feeling, which is why some people's gut feelings are really good and other people's are just wacky. Um, But the point being is the mushrooms can help stimulate those receptors in the small intestine, which will tell the microbiome everything's going to be okay, all clear which then helps the brain chill a bit because it's going to train your innate immune system to be ready for anything instead of panicking at the sight of everything. Wow. Aha. So mushrooms. We're rule number one, everybody. Don't be afraid to add some mushrooms into your diet. The uh, Ganoderma and shiitake are ideal. 
Yep. So make some shiitake burgers or something. We're looking for about three pounds of mushrooms a week for the ideal amount of mushrooms. There's a mushroom guy at the market, actually. Awesome. Oyster and, mushrooms are great. Yeah. Um, and he had the really cool, and I don't know all the names and now need like- Did a it look like a, a tree picture. from Avatar? No, that's okay. the, which one's that though? That's lion's mane. Of point um, being, eat mushrooms. However, if you cut into a mushroom and it's really purpley on the inside, yeah, that's your psilocybin, so careful. So not, not so good. Well, just unless you're looking for psilocybin. Speaking of which, the University of Michigan has two floors of experimental mushrooms right now that they're growing for the treatment of PTSD. <gasps> but there's a direct relationship between stress, using mushrooms as a mammal. Yeah. We should really just do a whole talk on mushrooms one day, but. Okay, we'll do it. Everybody who wants to regain optimal body composition needs to start using mushrooms in their day to day, whether they're eating mushrooms, whether they're using mushroom supplements, so on and so forth. Best mushrooms in the world come from Canada, British Columbia. Wow. A company's called Real Mushrooms. Just from the standpoint of helping us get a grip on stress. And do you you cook them always or eat them raw? Doesn't matter? No. And there, I, I thought there was something, some, something to the raw of, of eating mushrooms. Some of them, right. But if we're trying to get that three pound number. Yeah. Like spinach, you know, how do we eat three pounds of spinach? Well. Wow. Yeah. God. I'll tell you. <laughs> Back up the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat that much spinach. Uh, but the mushrooms really make a big difference. I think people will notice instead of that, you know, big hit of caffeine every morning, mm. you can still have caffeine, but yeah. add some mushrooms to the mix. I've been making a mushroom hot chocolate lately. It's just Ooh. fantastic. Why not? Because cocoa, they're, right? Yeah, there's um. So the reishi, we talked about this, Chris, with Giddy Yo. Um, she has a reishi drop i think i've got that she sent that to me to check out so um maybe revisit the we talked about adaptogens yep. actually that that was um that was when we were talking about some of the powders and things like that that you can get and we did go into mushrooms a little bit there but it's now that you're saying this, this is a topic definitely for another episode yeah but if you want to do one thing to start changing your set point yeah let's start bringing mushrooms in and it's not something you just start and stop. This is a lifetime. You're going to okay. add this to your world and just keep it going. And because you've talked about hormones being, you know, there's obviously a difference, male and female hormones, then it doesn't, doesn't matter if you're male or female, eat, nope. eat the, you still eat the mushrooms. Okay. Yep. The mushrooms really don't care. They just they don't they want to talk to your dendritic receptors. Okay, cool. All right. So to do with this weight gain and then difficulty with weight loss, num number one being get some mushrooms going into you. Then how about your genetics? You and I have talked genetics a lot. I've got, uh, you made me dig up some old files from 2010 mm. on uh, body composition and genetics. And there are a few, for example, some people don't make great bile genetically. Right. So that makes it difficult to do any kind of high fat diet. Right. Some people don't balance blood sugar very well. So that makes it difficult to do intermittent fasting. But the still the number one genetic quirks in the population all roll back to methylation and detoxification. Let's face it. The number one reason besides stress that we've all gained weight yeah. is the world's trying to kill us. So all of the chemicals in our environment, all the cleaning oh. chemicals, all the Teflon in the masks, all the single use stuff that we've been getting, all the takeout containers, all of the chemicals put on your lawn and your food and your water and your clothes, those are called endocrine disruptors. Right. They throw off your hormones. When you're chronically exposed to that, like we've all been lately, 
if you're somewhat behind the ball on methylation or detoxification, it's going to take you weeks to eliminate that stuff, not days. Right. And as a good mammal, where do we put all that garbage? In, in, fat. in the fat cells. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In my weird little world, I like to roll around in fresh laundry. Should I stop doing that? Not at all, man. That's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, but hang on a minute. What did you wash it in? <laughs> what everyone washes their laundry in. Like, you Chemicals. know. Right. Perfumes. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking, right? I use, you know, yeah. dryer sheets and I use that's detergents it. and I use. Formalda there's formaldehyde in the dryer sheets. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Nicely pickled, Chris, but I like before to, your time. I like to dump loads of it on the bed and roll around in the nice warm fresh laundry it's lovely yeah it's my way of de-stressing killing myself but de-stressing hey hey if you de-stress that's more powerful than a little bit of formaldehyde there you go all right all about working working those angles and besides genetically you're kind of a rock star so don't worry about it Um, but that's one point right it's coming from everywhere i mean if you had a diet coke in 1994 and it was above 30 degrees Celsius out, you mm-hmm. still have those chemicals in your nerves. Wow. They don't go away. So they accumulate. So there, here's another uh, Baker Noodle moment. You ever wonder why, as we start to get older, 38, 40, 42, all of a sudden the body weight starts to shift? Body weight goes up, but yeah. also the distribution of fat in the body changes. Mm. Yep. And it's because after about 40 years of chronic abuse in this chemical situation, the, the body says, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I just can't keep up. So just start filling bags and storing them everywhere. Mm. And that's why, Leanne, as you and I know, when people start a true, say, purification situation or detoxification situation, um, they will start to lose weight, but they also might start to have side effects like headaches, yeah. skin breakouts. Um, I've, a weird one lately is receding gums. Um, really? Yeah, that's a new post-COVID thing, by the way. Yeah, as we get older, um, the body runs out of the adaptive energy to deal with the toxic soup we live in. And uh, Leanne, you and I have been doing this a long time. We've been trying to help everybody clean up the world around them, but you can't. It's becoming more challenging and I think in hearing the things that you say, I think it's a really, just a really great reminder is, you know, can you just go pull up the dandelions instead of going to get the weed killer? And can you, I know at the market that I go to, they have an initiative where you take your containers to fill up um, with all the greens rather than bring, bring home the four or five plastic bags that they put them in. There are things that we can do to help mitigate this. It just takes that more of a habit and a bit more of that effort and that thinking. But things are changing. I do see that there are different ways. You just have to think outside of the usual box. Right. And then the patient says, hey, doc, what do you got for weight loss? Uh, Everything. There's no pill for weight loss, right? I mean, if there was, you and I would be doing this from a sailboat in the Caymans. The way to look at it is everybody just has to do the best they can, monitor stress and, and eliminate stress the best you can. Yeah, Don't yeah. panic if you can't get the organic dryer sheets you wanted. Right. Do what you can. Get some dryer balls. It, yeah. You know, every little bit of change makes a huge impact overall. You know, if you think about it, everything we're doing is really just to help those bugs in our belly try to figure out, well, what do you want? 
now with the um just before we we jumped on I talked about different feelings that I've been having lately having you know knowing that I'm carrying a bit more weight just like everybody else I'm no different and I've gone through different feelings where I have um felt more spongy let's say more kind of like fluid retentiony spongy um and then there's also a different a different feeling at some point where I, I felt like I was more solid or hard or uh, what was the word you used? Rigid. Rigid. That was it. I noticed a really big difference and wondering while well, thinking that the sort of squidgy spongy was definitely more, more um, inflammation related than the other, but correct me if I'm wrong. No, I would never do that. <laughs> you Smart better. Man. Smart. You're man. never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Now that it's legal to hug people again, you might notice somebody feels squidgy yep. or ridgy. If they're squidgy, that means you know their tissues feel like they're full of fluid. Mm. That fluid is uh, static lymph tissue. So the lymph has nowhere to go. And that's why I really wanted to talk about all the poisoning stuff. Right. So if somebody feels squidgy, you know, if you grab their forearm and it just feels like it's full of fluid. Yeah. They really got to find themselves a sauna or start sweating, start mainlining glutathione, make sure they're moving their bowels a couple times a day, uh, you know, easy off the liquor and get that lymph tissue moving. Um, and those are the people that will really notice that goat bloat. Find that for us again. So goat bloat is where you wake up in the morning and you're not bloated, but by midday you're bloated. Yeah. Uncomfortable or just... Yeah, you, you have just... to unbutton. You, you right. can't lean over. Uh, it's like gas that won't move. Right, and right. then you wake up the next day and it's better. Right. And what's happening is the bile that your liver is making just isn't great. You know, we just can't keep up. So that bile is not able to do what it has to do as fast as it can. And a lot of those compounds that it's detoxing are kind of running around wild, which mm -hmm. causes a ton of inflammation in the gut and everything swells. And so that's why they feel squidgy. The simplest thing for that is eat more fiber. All the plants, even sometimes it's the simplest thing is go and grab like an apple. I mean, we're getting into other fruit season now of berries and peaches will come soon and all of that. And it's, it's, I mean, God, go for it other than the really sprayed ones, but it's not difficult to do. If you just sort of think of what fast food can I do? And that could just be an apple, right? Yeah. right? Fastest food that you could do. Just wash it first. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to get any cat parasites that make me look good. The other thing you brought up was Ridgy. Yeah. So you give somebody a hug and they feel like it feels like you're hugging like a solid concrete brick or yeah. wall. Yeah, there's, you're there's not a lot of give to it. No. Yeah. And then we're not talking about you know an emotionally rigid human. No. <laughs> physically, right? It's, yep. Everything's just stiff, it's rigid. Yep. Uh, in, in homeopathy, when somebody's gone rigid, that's not good because you're approaching the end of the line there. So what that means is when the system loses flexibility and it goes rigid whatever patterns exist at that moment are going to manifest all of a sudden diabetes showing up. Right. Uh, one that's we're seeing a lot of is appendicitis, yeah. hepatitis, the, the ridgy or the extreme rigid feeling is another situation related to the bile where the liver says, you know what? I don't like you anymore. I'm out. The liver will go rigid and you can feel a rigid liver when you examine somebody and so all that lymph gets stuck in the tissue, 
their pH starts to go acidic because the kidneys can't keep up. So this goes back to our conversation about alkalinity. So if you're really rigid and somebody says, man, you're, what's wrong with you? You're really stiff. Yeah. Alkalize them. And you've got all the tools for that on Sprout, right? Yep. Way uh, more, way more plants, way more plants, way yeah. more plants. Something as simple as, you know, you wake up Monday morning and it's a holiday and everything's rigid. Well, go find some lemons from the night before and just make some hot lemon water and start drinking that. Purge yeah. the demons. Now, both of these are great concepts, the squidgy and the ridgy. Mm-hmm. I see that happen in a lot of people who try keto or intermittent fasting yeah. without paying attention to their gut health. So if you don't have a gallbladder mm-hmm. and you try keto, you're going to get squidgy. You can't make bile fast enough. Right. To break down the fat. Right. So make sure you're upping your fiber and maybe some prebiotics. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then the GB40. Oh, anything you've got for God. If you've got GB40, yep. then and get as much as you can, because that's the one thing in my practice that keeps people out of trouble. Dosing that one at two per meal typically gets the thing done. And then the, the intermittent fasting piece is really useful for weight loss short term. But if you're a very active person, meaning yep. you work out 10 to 12 hours a week, Intermittent fasting might not be the best thing for you, but for the average person, if you lead a relatively sedentary life, it's one way to go, but it's not something you do forever because as omnivores, as mammals, we're designed to be very metabolically flexible. We're starting to see people very rigid. We don't want to make anything more rigid. So keep your body guessing. I like to recommend people consider a three-day fast where you'll you know have a very narrow window in 72 hours where you'll have a small amount of calories, no more than 500 calories a day for three days, mm-hmm. tons of water, tons of fiber, and just relax, meditate, sweat, stretch, yoga, go for yeah. a paddle. Yeah. It helps get rid of the squidgy and the ridgy. That's really interesting because I've done intermittent fasting for a long time. I'm not focusing on it all the time. But there have been different times where I think, I just really need to have breakfast. If I'm going to go work out hard or do something like that, then of course I'm going to eat afterwards. So it doesn't, it, I'm not sticking to it as rigidly, interestingly enough, as I have done it, I have done in the past and kind of just following the cues of my body and not, not getting too hung up on it. And I have actually felt better for it. Three days of a month. Sounds doable. Just don't right. do it on do it on the barbecue weekend or something like that because that's right. just be too difficult to do. You don't have to suffer. I mean, you you can no. drink little teas. You can do all the stuff you would normally do to alkalize um, and listen to your body. Of course, of course. But you're giving yourself a break, and it's good to give the digestive system a break. And that's why nobody should eat anything three hours before bed. Mm, that was my next question. What's yeah. with the what's with the sleep and the belly fat and all of that? Where, right. Where's that? Where's that connection? We have talked about that before, but I thought that was appropriate to include in this episode. How flexible is that number, Doctor B? That three hours? Can you know? Can we maybe? Well, we like all, two yeah. and a half, maybe twenty minutes. Like, how flexible yeah. are we? If though? you're going to follow that routine, it's inflexible. It's quite rigid. Oh. So, uh, for example, I've got a a lovely couple in their early 80s. They like to eat dinner about 1130 at night. It's really pizza and potato chips. (laughs) And they go to bed about two. I'm like, well, that's about three hours. I mean, wow. 
they don't sleep very well and their brains are decaying. And once we fix that, all of a sudden, all their brain scans or EKGs, the AFib, it all went away. Wow. In a, in a reality world, unless you make, an, make it a point to not eat three hours before bed, we're all going to eat three hours before bed because that's what we do. We're snacky, yep. snacky, looking yep. for serotonin and make the bad man stop so we can go to sleep. <laughs> right? Um, but if you're serious about weight loss, if you said, okay, for the next six weeks, I'm going to make some changes. Because yep. remember, the microbiome needs at least three weeks to say, oh, you don't want me to do this anymore. Okay, well, let's let's figure out what you want to do. So six right. You know, if you're going to be heroic, do it for three months. Today on Eat This With Leanne, why you or I or anyone else out there can't lose weight at the moment. And Dr. B is going to break down the brilliant way that he does and just tell us a lot more about what's going on. How do we make that decision? Okay, do to your point, Chris, how do we walk that fine line between living your best life and trying to maintain optimal body composition? And so I guess that really goes back to your own personal drive. And the one thing I want everybody to understand, because I hear this all the time, is I just can't stand myself. I hate myself. I hate the way I look and feel. Psychologically, let's work that out. On the inverse, if you love yourself, you're more apt to actually do something good for it. Exactly. And so keep that in mind when we're talking about body composition plans. Mm -hmm. Um, But the sleep thing is huge. And uh, we all use sleep trackers to make sure we're getting good deep sleep, make sure we're not waking up every 20 minutes. If you have sleep apnea, you are going to gain weight, okay? And we can track all that. But if you're serious about, you know, optimizing your health to be the best you can be, you're going to want to use some kind of digital technology to track sleep. And uh, those are out there. But there's another point might also explain why so many people have gained so much so soon. And that is so many people have been taking immune, quote, boosting supplements. Mm. And they're just driving supplementation into their body to try and throttle the immune system. Well, that can put your immune system into a state of alarm. And when you do that, your body goes into defensive mode, which is store fat. We should all take care of our... um... Leanne, unmute your mic. Sorry, I thought I had. Three, two, one, she's back. <laughs> I muted my mic to have a have a sip of water out of my gluggy water bottle and while Davis is talking, and I thought I turned it back on and I started it's all talking. Good. We're freeforming. I'm like, oh, I'm not having enough glutathione. I just went deaf. What happened? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this brain fog is killing me. Oh, wait, my mic wasn't on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you keep pounding the immune system with supplements, then you're you're telling yeah. your body to stay in defensive mode. Right. So it's time to cycle it. Yeah. So here's the new rule. If you're going to be around a lot of nasty people, take your immune support. Okay. If you're going to be around the people in your bubble, yep. take a couple of days off. Right. Be good to yourself. 
Yeah. And the things that kill your immune system the most are lack of sleep, too much sugar, too much alcohol. So the sleep yeah. and, lack, and lack of it. Now, just to quickly talk about that three hours, stop eating three hours before bed. It is a conscious thing. And, and a lot of the time when I'm working with clients, one of the first things that I do is ask them to notice, number one, notice what are you eating when you sit on the couch or in the evening or what time? And how many hours of the day are you eating? Ideally, but if you're not doing intermittent fasting, it's 12. So you finish at 7, 6 or 7 p.m. And then you don't eat again until 7 a.m. And that just gives a bit a bit more time for the digestion. But it actually just puts a line in the sand on, no, I'm, actually, I'm not going to eat. You know, you got to figure out when you're going to bed most of the time and then track back from that. But that's a really interesting boundary to put in place for a lot of people. And the difference that they feel really is quite incredible. And it's quick. You're not waiting for a long period of time to actually feel better. But to your point, you've got to keep doing it for three weeks, at least six weeks is even better and three months, ideally, to have that effect on the microbiome. But that could be an easy way to start is to figure out when you go to bed, which should be probably earlier than maybe what a lot of us are doing, especially me, because I'm trying to work and get all stuff done before I go to bed. Yeah. And then track back by three hours. You feel very different. You feel a lot better, much lighter. And your liver thanks you for it. Your liver absolutely thanks you for it, for sure. So that might just be a little bit of a trick for some people to, um, to try out, but kind of going back to sleep again, like poor sleep and belly fat, they're talked about in the same sentence quite a lot. That's another sign of sleep apnea is uh, belly fat. But also, you know, we have kids and sometimes you know, the baby wakes you up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then the baby's 18. Yeah. And they still wake you up at 3 a.m. I'm like, where you been? Why? Yeah. Why do you have blankets? I don't know. I'm like, go to bed. You have a test in two hours. I do. Right. Yeah. Like, why? Are we ever going to get a full night of sleep again? <laughs> Not until they're gone. Right. And then you have, they're gone and then you're worrying about them. Of course. Then you wake up at 3 a.m. and you think oh, something happened. So I think it's just part of our neurophysiology to, you know, handle interrupted sleep. To me, the biggest thing about the sleep paradox is people tell me they always wake up somewhere between one and three in the morning. Right. Which is a blood sugar issue. So if that's you, we just said don't eat three hours before bed. But if you're chronically waking up between one and three, have a small amount of protein right before bed, no more than 20 grams. So is there any more to this kind of belly bloat thing that you're talking about, this goat bloat? I mean, I definitely have had a lot of clients mentioning that of late. Yeah. Um, You know, we talked about this, Chris, in the sitting too much episode and just being on your bum, literally, but, you know, kind of bent not quite in half but um at an angle that maybe it is not so great for your digestion so get up and walk around or try and stand up and that's just physiological but you know inside people burping all the time feeling bloated being gassy i mean it just it's just everywhere that's called toxic bile syndrome or tbs and you can look that up back to the gallbladder it's liver gallbladder liver gallbladder liver gallbladder Right. And in natural medicine, the adrenal glands are the shock absorbers for the liver. Oh, 
And we have not been nice to our adrenal glands. Mm, I thought I forgot about that connection. So, yeah, they should be about the size of a nice plum, but right now they're all crusty raisins and they're screaming at us. Right. So the shocks are broken on the truck and uh, the poor liver keeps scraping bottom every time we hit a bump. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty well abused. Again, look up toxic bile syndrome. If you don't know if you have toxic bile syndrome, Take a teaspoon of turmeric, mix it into a smoothie. And if it gives you the runs, you have toxic bile syndrome. Turmeric as in the spice or the the powder? Just Just the the powder. A lot of yoga teacher training manuals say that you should be adding a teaspoon to a tablespoon of turmeric powder to your golden milk every day. Okay. Uh, Don't do that. That's going to cause serious internal disarray. Right. And uh, if turmeric bothers you, you have toxic bile syndrome. So if you get the good turmeric, you get the capsule turmeric that you and I have. So it's not going to cause problems with the liver. Right. Yeah. Very anti-inflammatory. It's quite amazing. Yeah. And then another thing you brought up was about uh, brain fog. If you don't have anything else to talk about the bloat or finish that off first. They go hand in hand. Right. So, I mean, not to get too uh, chemically based, but if you've got goat bloat, you're not able to process fat very well intestinally. And so that fat starts to rot. It goes rancid. Mm. And the bacteria in your body that are designed to eat the fat get overloaded. And so they die and they're firing up a storm in your gut. So you got gas coming out everywhere. Yep. Those gases mimic a chemical called acetylaldehyde, which is what your liver makes when it breaks down alcohol. So you're actually fermenting your own alcohol-like compounds, giving you brain fog, which might feel like you lost your buzz or you're getting a hangover. And the other component to that also is mold exposure will do the same thing. So if you've got a moldy environment and you've been trapped at home or in that environment, you may have increased your exposure. Yeah. Um, and as things are defrosting, aka oh, the, gr- the ground and right. everything, it's it's getting worse for a lot of people. So bioavailable turmeric will help a lot. Yep. And so does glutathione. I mean, Chris, you were right on. Don't don't leave home without it <laughs> for your hearing and everything else. <laughs> and the precursor to glutathione is N-acetylcysteine or NAC. And by the way, that has that compound now has been studied for addiction. Really? Yeah. So if you want to detox addiction, you should be using NAC on a regular basis. Is that for the 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 person who has more of an addictive personality? Yeah. Anybody who's just drawn to trauma. Right. All drama llama, you know, that right. they want to be in the middle of everything. Right. Give them some NAC, upregulate detoxification, help with the neurotransmitters. You know, we're, we're having to do things in medicine and natural medicine that we've never done before because people have never been through this. It's kind of an exciting time, but at the same time, wow, do we need a break? I think we do. Sometimes when I hear from people is, I just need some energy. I am just so tired. I, I empathize with them because I'm feeling the same mm-hmm. and I'm not eating any different. I'm not doing anything different. Just sort of think, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And it's not going to be this way forever. Go for a nice bike ride, get out in nature, you know, turn off the TV, get off the scrolling, all of those kind of things that, you know, that we knew during COVID that we needed to do when we couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. And 
and those kind of things are maybe not happening as much as they did before. I guess the public service announcement is don't beat yourself up. Yeah. If you're trying to do the right thing and you're doing the best you can, yeah. just keep doing it. Yeah. It's going to work out. Just keep moving. And every little bit you do for yourself that's good for yourself adds up. Right. But like I said, if the Cheeto fairy keeps showing up on Monday morning, mm-hmm. maybe we cancel that subscription. Yeah, if it's not in the house, you can't eat it. Exactly. Chris, yeah. if you run out of ice cream and don't buy more. Oh, it's never that far away. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's tricky that bit, isn't it? Of just you like, should I? But, but, but if it's not in the house, it's more effort to go and get it, yeah. you know, which is another step. And that's another opportunity for a decision. And I'm not just talking about you, Chris. I'm talking about everybody that makes that decision of, mm-hmm. Should I, you know, is it worth going to the store to get if it's not in the house anymore? And maybe it is today, but tomorrow, maybe it's not. So right, that's where and your power lies. Whatever's good for us today is going to be bad for us tomorrow and vice versa. I know. So keep up. experience wins and it's all about your belly. But do right, right. by your belly and yeah. your belly does right by you. Yeah. And you haven't mentioned taking probiotics to do with the the change in the microbiome. The probiotics today will give reminders to your microbiome. Okay. If you want to actually make a shift, you're going to have to change your diet and your mindset. Got it. Um, unless you're on antibiotics, then we have to use probiotic, prebiotic. But yeah. on, a, on a sidebar, if you're consuming a lot of fermented foods and you're getting the goat bloat, yes. you might want to stop your fermented food. Yes. Because <laughs> they will cause that, you know? I heard kombucha and sauerkraut were good for me. Yeah, by who? Like, they are good for you, but they will make you bloat. They are gas-forming foods. If you're not digesting, if you're under stress, I mean, there's so many caveats to that, that it just makes it more difficult. Well, first person to cannonball off the dock this weekend with no shirt on wins a prize. (laughs) (laughs) No body shaming. No. Remember, Chris, it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. Darn right. Oh, I like that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, man. I like that a lot. If there's one thing I have noticed, and I'm not a huge social media guy, but I, you know, I dabble in it. My kids dabble in it, obviously. And so I get a lot of their sort of overflow. uh, Is the dad bot is being celebrated quite a bit these days by just about everyone. So I yeah, it's one good thing, maybe. As you say, it can kind of collapse in on itself after a while but it's kind of a it's kind of a good thing that people are so positive on on our goat bloat back my new workout routine is push-ups planks and pizza <laughs> the triple p workout yep. yeah the triple p and then prosecco and then prosecco oh my goodness no i thought you i thought you only did french well we're having italian so you know oh okay fine yeah yeah it has to go along All right. Well, thank you as always for enlightening us and explaining what on earth is going on so that you don't just feel like, you know, what, you know, ah, I just, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up and do the Cheetos every day. No, there's a reason for this. So I hope this has been enlightening for all of our lovely, loyal listeners and what on earth seems to be going on because you're not alone on this one. That's for sure. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about the 
the genetic component to this, Chris, but I think if, as I think back to when we talked about this with um, Kashif Khan of the dnacompany.com, uh, go to forward slash eat this, um, and you'll get $50 off if you fancy doing that as well. The way that he explained my genetic results and how I carry excess weight, how the keto diet is just not for me as well. Um, I found that also really another layer to the conversation that we've just had with Dr. B, because I think the more that we understand, and that's also why this conversation with him was so important in, in knowing that you're not alone. In, in kind of dealing with this phenomenon or whatever happens to be going on, then just all these new layers that you're being introduced to, I think is a, is a really important thing to, to take in and filter, take all the things in and then filter through and then whatever kind of sticks, whatever peaks your ears and your interest that much more than start there and really kind of move forward from that. Was there something, Chris, that really stood out from, for you from what, what Davis had to say today and what he shared? You mean beyond the triple P diet, the the push-ups, planks, and pizza? Um, <laughs> of course, I'm the one who caught that. Of course, of course. Yeah, there was. A, There's so many key. No, but there were. Yeah, the, there was. There was something that I meant to ask him about. And I didn't want to stop and interrupt him. Uh, yeah. Because he was on. You know, he's always on a good roll, but he was on such a good roll, <clears throat> and and I thought the information was more important than me going, yeah, Doctor B, and put my hand up. Yeah. I should have though at the time, because yeah. I knew I'd forget. I did say get your rewind fingers. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewind. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have uh, to rewind. Top, I I said that every time. I hear him every time I listen to another episode or go back and listen to an episode because I do. I go back and listen to our episodes. There's something else that I learn and there's something else that sticks and there's something else that I think, oh, I'm going to go and do that now. And the same way that I've been been diving into more about the genetic piece. I've been listening to um, Kashif has a podcast as well. You know, this is like Davis said, we're always learning and I'm always learning more about myself. I find that that's just an empowering way of working through anything that comes at us. So I think, I think it's a really great thing. So was there something that landed for you, my loyal listener, about what Dr. B shared? So, you know, let me know. So uh, give us a shout out on social media, on Leanne Phillips and Sprout Right Handles, all those channels, of course, you can, you can find me on. To learn more about Dr. Brockenshire's practice, head over to innovationhealthdoctorsdrs.com. That's over, that link will be over on leannephillipson.com. And also check out his social media handles to see what he's up to. He's been putting out a lot of really great and helpful stuff. That's Innovative Health Solutions on Instagram and Facebook. You know, he's just an overall smarty pants. I know that. And, you know, he talked about some of the supplements that that I do have on SpartRight.com, the glutathione, the NAC. That's a really big one for me, Chris, is that addictive piece with the NAC? I was, it was a GB, you know, the, you guys spoke the GB40. about GB40. What is that? Oh, great question. So GB40 is a Physica, um, uh, I'll call it a remedy, but it's a pill. Okay. So it it is a supplement specifically for your gallbladder 
and helping your body to uh, digest fats. And I have a gallbladder and there are a lot of people out there that don't have a gallbladder. The people that don't have a gallbladder must be on GB40 pretty much for the rest of their life. And for someone like me that has a gallbladder, I take it for a period of time and I cycle it through to get my gallbladder working again working better again. Um, it helps my digestion and my bowel movements so much. And when I cycle off of it, and then I see a similar pattern where, um, where maybe my stools are a bit harder, then I go back on it again. And, and, and that can happen even if I'm eating salads and apples and all the fiber. Um, and I know that that has in all the testing I've ever had done either by Davis or any of my other colleagues, for whatever reason, my gallbladder comes up. And I believe your gallbladder is also your organ of worry. There's a, that emotional tie that Davis sometimes talks about. Okay. So that's your, that's your GB40. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah, no, you guys had mentioned how important it is. And I meant to, to sort of say, well, uh, what is it and where do I get it? And that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. you'll find that on spurtright.com too. All right, so did you know that I happen to send out a newsletter every week? I send out a roundup of what we talk about on my FM radio, a reminder about the podcast, recipe, and a bit about me, of what kind of whatever flows out of my fingertips on Thursday nights as I prep the email to reach your inbox on Friday morning. You can find that both on leannefolkson.com and spartbright.com. And I've got some news that you won't want to miss out on coming up, and that'll be in the next month or so. So if you're not on that list and you don't want to have that F FOMO going on, then definitely do that. Now subscribe and share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit. Frame it as you listen to this podcast and you're going to try out some of what Dr. B suggested, including those mushrooms, because it's a touchy subject to pass on an episode to someone who's not really ready to change their habits and just say, hey, listen to this podcast about can you not lose weight could be just a little bit tricky. So you get to decide how you're going to do that. You could share it on your social media to connections and show that this is something that you're moving into. Your vulnerability will always help someone else understand that they're not alone. Now, to that note, talking about weight loss, well, that has a new spin for me. And as I have a daughter who suffers with an eating disorder, she's quite stable right now, thank goodness. There's a balance somewhat to this to this conversation that can happen without the shame, the guilt, or the judgment. Really, that's towards ourselves and others. Be mindful of the language that you use around this topic, even if it's something that you know that you want to, you know, that you want to change, but really you're modeling to those people around you. So for your sake and for others, really just kind of be a bit mindful because you are enough, no matter what dress size or pant size you happen to be, whether you have that bloat or not, the whole weight loss, body dysmorphia, how people are feeling about themselves. Dr. B really did a good shout out on that negative self-talk. It's just so, so difficult and so rampant. Please know that you are enough no matter what size you are and there's always something that you can do better. So with that said, go forth with the love for yourself, knowing that you're doing the best that you know how. And now after this, you know that you can do more. So please just take it all in. Love you for where you're at and lovingly remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.